Hello Convention of States podcast listeners. This is our weekly podcast featuring historic legacy content from our audio archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by this week's episode. At the 2022 Convention of States Reclaiming Liberty Summit, Lieutenant Colonel and former Congressman Alan West gives a stirring speech on what is needed for effective leadership in the fight to restore America. Since the early days, part of our history of Convention of States is we have another friend who's been a stalwart supporter, somebody who was willing to step up early on and put his name on it and put his support into it. Somebody that you know from American politics in many different roles as a warrior. He is actually a warrior. He's somebody with a military background. But again, like everybody that you're going to see on stage today, what I want you to know is what good men they are what friends they are to you, to me, to all of us. And this gentleman would, (laughs) I could call him anywhere in the country and tell him there's a firefight going on, and I mean a firefight, and he would come. He would be there for you, he would be there for me, he'd be there for anybody in the conservative movement that needs him. And I think the best way that I could describe Alan West is as probably the single best articulator of what it means to be a patriotic, God-fearing, constitution-loving conservative in the United States of America. It is my privilege to introduce our good friend, Alan West. Make it happen. Thank you. Thank you. Every single one of these men and women, they answered a call to duty. When you did not know them, they understood and they knew you. They knew you as the American people. They knew that all of us which binds us together as brothers and sisters, it's not just that call to duty, not just the fact that some of us chewed the same dirt, went out and deployed, left our families. Maybe we lost some of our best friends, our comrades. But what brought us together was an oath to that document that Colonel George Mason was integral in establishing the longest running constitutional republic that the world has ever known. Because we all stood up on one day in our lives. For me, it was 31 July 1982 at the University of Tennessee Stokely Athletic Center, and we repeated those words. We said that we would support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We said that we would bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And that is what a call to duty is all about. But when I think about what is one of the greatest calls to duty that was part of the establishment of these United States of America, well, you know, those Air Force people, they're really smart. I tried to get into the Air Force and I failed their interest test because I couldn't fly nothing. But there was another interest test and, and it was asked me a very basic question. What does a red light mean? I said, stop. What does a green light mean? I said, go. Well, son, you can be an Army paratrooper right now. (laughs) Okay. So in the Army, we're not as smart as the Air Force, and we write stuff down. That's what we were taught. And so that's why I still, to this day, have my three-by-five cars. Air Force guys, it just flows out of their brain. They're just that smart. But here's a call to duty that I want to share with you that has relevance to where we are today. 
These are the times which try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country, his duty. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered, yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. 19 December, 1776, Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine was asked to write a simple pamphlet to inspire people, to get them to understand this call to duty, to make sure that we could establish this incredible nation based upon individual liberty. And Thomas Paine wrote that pamphlet called The Crisis. You all are here today, and the theme of this gathering is reclaiming liberty. Because in 246 short years, we have forgotten what liberty really is. We have forgotten that this country, what Colonel George Mason established for us, was based upon an understanding that the individual, their rights, their freedoms, their liberty, they are sovereign over the institution of government. And why is the individual in America sovereign over the institution of government? Because unlike any other nation in the world, your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness, or if you know John Locke's Second Treatise of Government, 1683, he said property. It naturally comes from our creator God. And that's why Thomas Jefferson invoked John Locke in the Declaration of Independence when he talked about the laws of nature and nature's God, natural rights theory. You're sovereign over government. But in 246 years, we've forgotten that. In 246 years, there are people that we have elected in the office, they have forgotten that. They have forgotten the quote from Colonel George Mason, that they are there to serve us. They are not there to enrich themselves. They are there based upon the consent of you all and us, and as we say down south, of the governed. And so what is your charge? What is your call to duty? Because we are in a crisis moment. And when Colonel George Mason created those words that were implanted into the Article 5, and so many people say, well, why is Colonel West that we have never used that? We have never invoked that because we have never been in such a crisis between understanding the relationship between government and the individual, understanding that the Constitution is a restraining document on the powers of the federal government, understanding that the individual is supreme and sovereign over the federal government. So now it is time, thanks to you all, thanks to Mark Meckler, thanks to the Convention of States, thanks to what you're doing every single day, because there's a little thing on the wall that says, break glass in case of an emergency. That is what Article 5 Convention of States says. We are at that emergency situation. In the Constitution of the United States of America, Article 1, Section 8. How many people have got your Constitution? Uh-uh, uh-uh, oh, Colonel going to call you out now. Uh-uh, uh, uh, how many people got it? Uh, uh, okay, you got to do push-ups. <laughs> Some of y'all are saying, Colonel, you can't make me do push-ups. You're right, I'm just a civilian now. But just throw me a bone, okay? But if you're saying that you're going out and you're answering a call to duty, and a call to duty is something that's part of the Constitution, 
but yet you're not carrying this around with you, you're not ready to answer that call to duty. And if you think about it, the reason why we find ourselves in this crisis situation is because not enough of us are carrying this. Not enough of us are reading this. It is not that it is not being taught to our children, because civics is gone. History is gone. I mean, our kids are being told that you don't have to be a little boy, you can be a little girl, you don't have to be a little girl, you can be a little boy, you don't have to tell your parents. But if we could get back to this foundation, and it starts with each and every one of you. So my challenge, first and foremost, anytime you go out of your house, because you're on a battlefield, now, what soldiers, sailor, airmen, marine, coast guardsmen in the battlefield in the combat zone is going to go out of their tent, go out for their, you know, forward operating base without their weapon? Only an idiot. You don't want to be an idiot. So when you leave out of your house, you need to have your weapon because this empowers you. And in this document, Article 1, Section 8, it lists the 17 things that are the duties, responsibilities, jurisdictions, purviews of the federal government. Show me where it says in Article 1, Section 8, that the federal government has the ability to decide who or what's essential. To shut down whatever business that they want. Benjamin Franklin said those who would surrender essential liberty for temporary security in the end will deserve neither liberty nor security. That's why we're here today talking about reclaiming liberty, because we've completely forgot what liberty is. First and foremost, let me tell you. You want to know where liberty truly comes from? Pick up the other book that you're supposed to read and meditate upon day and night, not turn from it from the right or to the left. And who was told that? It was Joshua was told that by God. He said that if you do that, you will have success and prosperity wherever you go. In 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, it says that the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is freedom, there is liberty also. So we've got to get back to that fundamental, that very basic. Because what the federal government is now saying is that, well, you know, God wasn't smart enough to get male and female right, Adam and Eve right. You have the liberty to go out there and choose whatever gender you want. God couldn't get weather right. You know, I was a congressman here in the state of Florida, just right down the road in Fort Lauderdale. And I remember someone asking me, well, Congressman West, do you believe in climate change? I said, yeah, winter, spring, summer, and fall. <laughs> but see, now the thing is that God couldn't get the weather right. He can't get any of these things right. And what is the purpose of that? Because the progressive socialist left, the Marxists, are seeking to undermine the very fundamentals of this nation. Because if God can't get gender right, if God can't get the weather right, then how can he get all of this inalienable rights thing right? How can he endow you with stuff? Because he's not smart enough to figure that stuff out. But we, government with the little g, we can do it. And if you don't study and understand what government is supposed to be able to do, then the next thing you know, they're going to come in and they're going to take over every single aspect of your life. Abraham Lincoln in April of 1864, gave us a clear delineation between what liberty and tyranny is in a speech at the Baltimore Sanitary Fair. He told us that liberty means a person, a man, being able to do what they want with themselves and the product of their labor. While the other thing was when other men decide what to do with other men and the product of other men's labor. And where do you think we are today? in 246 short years.
So the whole purpose of y'all being here to reclaim liberty means you've got to answer the call. You've got to step up to the plate. You all are leaders in this movement. And let me share with you what the Army taught me about leadership. It's called the five C's. And please, if you like, write these down. Because if you're going to be a leader on this battlefield, if you're going to answer the call of duty, if you're going to go out there and stand up and fight for the Constitution of the United States of America, you've got to be prepared and trained and ready. The first C is courage. How many of y'all remember that incredible miniseries, Band of Brothers? Y'all remember that miniseries, Band of Brothers? Well, you remember that unit, the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division, was training up in North Georgia, Tacoa Mountain. That was historically the ancestral lands of the Cherokee Indians. And therefore, the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment adopted a Cherokee word as their motto. That Cherokee word is Kurahi. You know what Kurahi stands for? What it means? Stands alone. See, courage means that sometimes you've got to stand alone. Courage means that you don't want to go with the flow. As a matter of fact, Thomas Jefferson said, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. And why was it so important for the 506 Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division to adopt that name, that word, that motto stands alone because in December 1944, guess where they found themselves? At a place called Bastogne in the dead of winter, completely surrounded by the Germans. And the Germans sent them a note to the 101st Airborne Division and asked them to surrender. And General McAuliffe, the commander of the 101st Airborne Division, sent back a one-word response to the Germans. And it was nuts. When you have courage, you stand up and you look at the progressives, you look at the socialists, you look at the Marxists, you look at the communists, you look at the statists, and you tell them, you're nuts if you think you're going to take this country away from us. Okay? But with courage comes the second C, and that's competence. And you can't go out there and stand up and fight. You can be the most courageous person, but if you're a dummy. Hey, folks, hey, all you guys have been in combat, tell me, how many people will follow a dummy in the combat? You ain't. Okay? You know, we, we don't talk too much about General George Pickett. You know that guy that led that charge on the third day of Gettysburg and wiped out 15,000 troops? We don't talk too much about that. Now, he had the courage to stand up there and make this charge against a well-entrenched Union force, but that wasn't smart. And so if you don't do as it says in the Bible, to study, to show thyself approved, what does it say in the Bible? My people suffer for lack of? My people suffer for lack of? Man, y'all, do y'all do need to do push-ups? <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you one more time, okay? My people suffer for lack of? So how can you be on this battlefield if you're not carrying your Constitution? See, when people come up to me and they say, well, Colonel West, why, why do you support Article 5, Convention of States? I said, it's in the Constitution. <laughs> well, you know, can you explain to it? Yeah, because under the system of federalism, you know, all of the real power in the United States of America is not at the federal government level. 
You know, I understand the duties and responsibilities of the federal government. And then the brilliance of the founding fathers, they came back and they wrote this thing called the Tenth Amendment, which says all of the powers not specifically delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the to the states and to the to the states and to the to the states and to the. So why is it that we are going against something that's in our rule of law, in our Constitution, that makes sure that we do not have a federal government that steps outside their boundaries and disrespects the states and the people? And it's not going to be a runaway thing. I mean, it's not something willy-nilly. It takes two-thirds of these states here to just propose an amendment to the Constitution, three-fourths enable the states to be able to amend the Constitution. That is, again, one of those checks and balances, a fail-safe measure that the Founding Fathers put in there. But you've got to be able to quickly respond to that. Because as you know, most people, their attention span is 60 to 90 seconds. And you can't nail it, knock it out of the park in 60 to 90 seconds so that they're sitting around saying, okay. All right, kind of like, you know, was it Porky Pig? Blah, 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 blah. That's what you have to do. You've got to look at people in the eye, look at people in the face, and with your courage and with your competence to be able to articulate the fundamentals of this great nation. See, when I hear people say that you're a threat to democracy, well, Joe Biden standing up there. America is not a pure democracy. America is a constitutional republic. And in America, we have a system of representative democracy. So if you're telling me that I'm a threat to democracy, what you're telling me is that I'm a threat to tyranny. And I, I'm happy to be a threat to tyranny. That's how you completely unnerve them and take them off their game. But it takes courage and it takes competence to be able to do that. The third C is commitment. If you're going to have a call to duty, what are you committed to? What are you committed to? You're committed to the Constitution of the United States of America. That's what you're committed to. But see, there's so often that people will stand up and say, I'm committed to something. Like, I'm committed to, to marriage. But when some rough times come along, the fourth C, they ain't convicted to stand. What did Thomas Paine talk about? He said, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from their duties. This is where we are. There's a lot of people that say, I'm committed to this. There are a lot of people that stand up and say, I'm a conservative, but are they constitutional conservatives? There are a lot of people that stand up and say, yeah, let's go out here and fight for America. But as soon as someone calls them a name, you're a racist, you're a misogynist, you're a this, you're a that. You're an Uncle Tom, you're a sellout, you're a white man's porch monkey. Yeah, that was pretty inventive, white man's porch monkey. I, I, I was like, that's pretty cool. You got me on that one. But the bottom line is this. You're looking at a guy, 22-year veteran of the United States military, paratrooper, used to jump out of airplanes, 250 pounds of gear, at 800 and 1,000 feet, been in combat zones, been shot at, been almost blown up. And you really think calling me a name is going to make me stop? So why should it make you stop? If you're committed to something, then you're convicted to it. When the people get out there and start calling you names, you should step right up into that fire even more. Yeah. 
You know, I think Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And that's the heritage of those who love the Lord. And it also says in John 16, 13, there will be trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. It says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, that there will be trials and tribulations, but trials and tribulations produces perseverance. And perseverance produces the fifth C word, character. See, I want to run and move to the sound of the battle. That's what a warrior does. When a warrior hears the sound of the battle, they don't run away. We don't want you all to go out there and associate with those sunshine patriots and those summer soldiers. What we want you to do is encourage them to step up with the same courage, the same competence, the same commitment, the same conviction, the same character that you have. Character means doing what is right when no one's watching. When the state director's not watching, you're going to do what's right. When the regional director's not watching, you're going to do what's right. When the national director and, and, and Mark Meckler is not around, you're still going to do what's right. Why? Because you have the courage to do what's right. You have the competence to do what's right. You have the commitment to do what's right. You have the conviction to do what's right. And therefore, you're going to have the character to do what's right. And therefore, if we, as this incredible grassroots organization, come together and light a fire in this nation, then the crisis that we face will slowly dissipate and go away. But what I want you to understand is that where we find ourselves in the United States of America, this didn't happen overnight. This is 50, 60, 70 years in the making. And so if you think that you're just going to go out there and this election cycle, it's going to all be solved. Okay, yeah, we're good. Let's go home. Let's go away. No. Because what ends up happening is we focus so much on election cycles instead of focusing on persevering all the way through until we can plant our standard on the high ground. See, there's going to be people that, as the drill sergeants used to call, stuck on stupid, Okay. There are always going to be people out there to say, I, I like the government, give me something. I don't want to worry about it. There's always going to be people that say, you know, you can't have a, a gas-powered car. You can only have an electric vehicle car. But oh, by the way, don't charge your electric vehicle because you're going to crash the grid out there in the state of California. That's called stuck on stupid. Now, as a matter of fact, that's a special kind of stupid, okay? <laughs> And that idiot was putting up billboards in Florida talking about move to California. What? Are you? <laughs> but the thing is that I don't want you to get discouraged and think that you got to go out there and get 100%. See, one of the failures of some combat leaders in the military is that they sit down and they got to believe they got to come up to a with a plan that's 100% per per perfect. But what ends up happening, as we used to see out at the National Training Center in the Mojave Desert, as soon as they make contact with the enemy, that 100% plan falls apart. And they're not ready to improvise, adapt, and overcome. What I want you to do is understand, go out there and focus on the 60 to 65%. Because there's 60 to 65% here in the United States of America, they understand what liberty is. There's 60 to 65% here in the United States of America, they want to be able to fill up their gas tank. 
They want to be able to go and work. They want to be able to live their lives. They want to be able to be the ones that decide what is happening with their children and their education, not indoctrination. Never forget that it was a year ago, a year ago in Virginia, where the gubernatorial candidate, Terry McAuliffe, stood on a debate stage and he told us exactly who the progressive socialists left, who they are. Well, he said parents do not have a right in deciding what their children are being taught. And what ended up happening, people came out because education became a critical issue for them because no one wants to see their child taken away from them. And now all of a sudden we've got good, strong grassroots movement running for city councils, running for school boards, but you've got to continue to press on with that. And so there's fertile ground out there. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. That are looking for you, looking for you to have the answers. And the answers are in this document that I carry right here wherever I go right next to my heart. And so what Mark has you all here to do is become those warriors, to answer that call to duty, to answer that call to service. Because when you think about what has made this nation what it is in 246 years, we've seen so many different crises, correct? America is great because ordinary people answer call of duty and step up and do extraordinary things. America is great because God does not call the equipped. He equips those that he calls. And that's your call to duty. So as I get ready to close, I want you to all come to your feet. That means get up. Put your heels together. Put your left hand down by your side. Raise your right hand. And repeat after me. I. I. State your full name. Yes. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly to support and defend. To support and defend. The, Constitution the Constitution of the United States of America. America. Against all enemies. Foreign, Foreign and domestic, and domestic. To, bear to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, to the same. That, I that I take this obligation, this obligation freely, freely without any purpose, without any purpose of, evasion of evasion or mental reservation. Or mental reservation. So, so help me God. God. You may be seated. You don't have to be a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, or coast guardsman to take that oath. And sadly, there are people in the House of Representatives, Senate, President, that they utter those words, but it's not in their heart. But I want you now, today, from this moment on, to remember that you took an oath to the Constitution. And now your call to duty is to do exactly what men and women have done for 246 years. To be willing to do, as Abraham Lincoln said, to make the last full measure of devotion to that Constitution, to this great nation. Because history is not going to judge you based upon your house. 
As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people down in Fort Myers, Florida, and wherever, they don't have a house anymore. History is not going to judge you by what kind of car you have, what kind of boat you have. Because God can come along with a hurricane, a tornado, whatever, and all that can go away. But this moment in time, history will judge you as to whether or not you answered the call to duty. Whether or not you made the stand. Whether or not you ensured in your little space of time that the greatest nation that the world has ever known will continue on. That's your legacy. That's your testimony to your children and to your grandchildren. And you have to be courageous enough. You have to be competent enough. You have to be committed enough. You have to be convicted enough. You have to have the character to be able to say, not on my watch. That is how history will judge us. It's not easy to stand up. But when you're right and you have the moral high ground, it is easy. But it's about you being able to step outside of that box and say, as we say, the motto of the United States Army, and understand this, in 1775, June, there was an army created. In October 1775, a navy was established. In November of 1775, a Marine Corps was established. We let those Air Force guys come like in 1948. I mean, I, they were the Army Air Corps, but they weren't their own uniform, whatever. Now we got Space Force. But the point is this. The motto of the United States Army was, this will defend. How do you create an army, a navy, and a Marine Corps, but you don't have a country? You create it because there's something called liberty that is innate to each and every one of us that we all have to defend. This is your moment to defend it. And just remember that your children and grandchildren will thank you, as it said, to those who stand now, they will deserve the love of all men and women. God bless you all. To learn more, visit conventionofstates.com slash pod.